Hey, Last Refuge fans, DM Jazzy Hands here. Before we get started, I wanted to give you a quick heads up. Unfortunately, moments after we started recording this episode, my microphone came unplugged, and our recording software decided to default to recording me off of my computer's internal microphone. You can definitely hear me fine, and everyone else sounds great because they're on their own microphones, but unfortunately, it isn't the quality of audio that you have come to expect, and rightfully so from us. I'm really proud of how good our podcast sounds every week week, and I know that that is something that you all value as well. We've heard a lot of really great compliments about that, particularly over the last few months. So I just wanted to take a quick second to apologize that this week is not quite up to our standards. I will definitely be double, triple, and quadruple checking that my microphone is working during every recording from here on out. And like I said, it's not unlistenable, but it is definitely subpar from where we would like to be. Thanks so much for continuing to listen to us. Enjoy the episode, and happy gaming, y'all! This week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Bizira, Kit, Bria, and Flick. Last week, the party saved Kit from death by Gelatinous Cube and got their hands on the final item key thing. <laughs> Thingamajig. After giving in and facing their fears by short-resting in the home base room, oh, the horror, they split the party and began placing items indoors. Bria went south and placed the brain in that door. Flick headed west and placed the red boots into his door. Kit headed east to place the intestines in her door. And Bizdira had the toughest job because she needed to gain access to the northern door without disturbing the robots. She did an excellent and brilliant job of getting in the room and to the door without setting off any alarms, and unfortunately, while she was there, she set off the scanner beam a second time, and in trying to avoid it, has tripped over a recumbent construct and is now in very real danger of being detected. Will she be able to find a way in a split second to avoid alerting the robots to her presence? What will happen if she is detected? And will the others be able to hear her cries for help if it comes to that? Oh god. Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hello. Howdy, howdy. I have a story. Howdy. No, not in this place. Oh, okay. No howdy. You have a story. I love how your your (laughs) main wait... To find oh, out if I die We're absolutely going to make not. you wait. In fact, I'm pretty sure I just heard Bria say that she has a story. So tell us a story, uh, Bria. Well, so here's Some the thing about that. <laughs> I mean, okay. So we have discussed last episode how we always get nervous and so we don't want to go into it and whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to scratch <laughs> Oh, And Bria hasn't been this nervous in a long time. <laughs> okay. But here – so we uh, we recorded two episodes today. Um, and <laughs> your face. Heads, heads up like, before we do this. Heads up before we – you know what? No heads up. Tell the story. It's going to be better this way. Okay. So we record uh, two episodes today. And so we took a break in between the last one. This is our second. Um, and so uh, I'm still breastfeeding my daughter. And so I was pumping. And um, cheeky. You, like cheeky. And so in order, like when you're pumping, you like the milk comes out slow at first. And then like when you relax, it comes out faster. And so the more relaxed you are, the, that's when it starts coming out, right? Oh, no. I, I'm not kidding you. It took five and a half minutes for any milk to come out because I am so stressed. Out. That's that's hysterical. Oh wow! That, 
I, like, is amazing and I really does not surprise me I didn't know that was going. Yeah. That's, that is I that just is kept impressive. looking at the pump because it, it has like a little counter thing and I kept looking at it and being like, it's gonna, it has to start at some point, right? Okay, I'm gonna calm <laughs> myself. I'm gonna deep breaths, whatever. And I like could not calm down. So there we go. So you're welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's good oh since God. I'm in a room full of robot constructs and a green eye of death alone and I have just tripped. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, a green eye of death. That's a really good name for it. That feels like it should be a segue. Anyone else have stories? Uh, No. (laughs) Well, this morning I went. No, well, no, no, no. I can't do it to her any longer. Listen, while while Bria was pumping, I was pouring myself a glass of wine. (laughs) So (laughs) screw that. Let's not talk about what time it is that we're recording this. Clinky, clinky. Let's not talk. Clinky, clinky. Listen. It's five o'clock somewhere, not where I am. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. That's a really good addition to that saying. It's five o'clock somewhere, not where I am. We can make a t shirt that says that. Screw that. Yeah, I want a t shirt. It's a great t shirt idea. I like it. Somewhere in the And I think the not where I am is on the back, right? On the front, it's just like a, a t-shirt, which I'm sure there are a million of, that say it's five o'clock somewhere. But on the back, it says, not where I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, then it's, and then it's a picture of the Vizdira art that the amazing Nat Rose did, but holding a glass of wine. And, yeah, yes. instead of the mask. <laughs> yes. Oh, Nat, we need this. It. With the lazy love- eyes, like with the lazy drunk eyes, they're like, it's fellow. <laughs> with the lazy eyes. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> I love everything about this. And she's oh, in like man. a bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> But nope. the mask is still on, obviously. But you gotta realize that Bizdira's idea of a bathing suit is gonna be one of those, like, early 1900s, like, Yes, that's exactly piece, what I pictured. Yes. Like, short things with, like, the little lines Red on the Red and white stripes. Yeah. Well, yes. and we, we realize the only beach we've been to is the one next to uh, Silfson. So there's, like, Silfson oh. in the background that's, like, smoking. There's, like, from the tower. <laughs> oh it's, like, destruction. <laughs> the other Somebody hand is holding a bloody us. dagger. It's going to be great. I can't oh wait to God. see this, Nat. I'm so excited oh, about the fan art. <laughs> All right. You're a move, Nat. And the shirt. Yes. The shirt, man. Well, the this, fan this, art this... comes first, and then I'll design their yeah. shirt. You're Right, you're right, you're yeah. right, you're right. Oh, I love it. Let's okay. see. What were we doing? Do we play D&D on this happening? <laughs> mm, I don't know. No. We just Welcome to this creative week's people episode. in our lives. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Bria just like says that at any point during the introduction when she feels like it's going on too long or I've annoyed her in a particular way. She just starts doing my job. Well, I was I was going to do it because it was it, this is now this week's episode of the Last Refuge podcast of Coffee Chats. Today we're talking about <laughs> pumping and beaches and wine. <laughs> I think that sounds like a great conversation. It pumping like beaches and wine is the next temple, by the way. <laughs> How did you know? Oh. All right, let's get to Vizdira. I feel a little bad, not really, but I do feel like we should probably get some content it's only been seven Seven minutes (laughs) i also i also feel like when it comes to pumping that can go to so many different ways like we could talk about all right so we're seven minutes in and we're gonna get to bizdira (laughs) so (laughs) so bizdira you have tripped and fallen right now what are you doing quick the beam is coming is there somewhere near me that i can try to hide behind like trip roll and like cower behind a robot absolutely make me a dexterity stealth check quick quick here we go. The beam is coming. It inches ever oh, it's closer. Not good. Oh no! It's an eight. <gasps> oh god! Oh god! 
It's oh. happening. It's happening. So you you try and lie behind this recumbent. Uh, I just really like that word. This recumbent robot that you've tripped over, uh, but unfortunately, you still like you have the brain in one hand and you have the construct the tied heart. to your back, right? The heart. Sorry, you have the heart in one hand and the construct's tied to your back, right? Yeah. So you lie down to try and hide behind it, but you don't take into account that you're going to be higher up off the ground because something is attached to your back. But it's and a so robot. Yes, but you are... Yes, so the robot is perfectly hidden behind the robot. But unfortunately, you are raised up because of the robot on your back. And the beam crosses by you and sees you and it stops. It turns red. It flips up so that it's shining on the ceiling and begins flashing. And you hear a really loud klaxon. And I need you to roll initiative. So I'm... Okay. Are we all rolling we, initiative, do and do we hear it? Yeah, can we hear it? That is a really good question. I do want everyone to roll initiative. Whether or not you will be acting anytime soon on your turn remains to be seen. Fuck. Vizdir, what'd you get for your initiative? I got a seven. Oh, oh my god. dice is not uh, happening today. Uh, seven, Vizdir. Flick, what'd you get? Ten. Kit? Oh, I also got a seven. Uh, who wants, well, I'm going to let this deer go first since she's in the middle of it. Yeah, that uh, makes more sense. <laughs> Bria? Twenty-two! Holy shit, alright. Well, you're ready for something, you just don't know what. I know, I'm, I literally have been pacing back and forth just singing to myself. Don't cry for me. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is I never left and you. And Fl- Flick's doing the same thing, he just, he, some reason a tune comes to his mind and it's Somewhere I wonder why over the refuge I don't know. <laughs> no. right over the over right. the temple. Okay, so the first thing I need to happen is uh, no, actually yes. The first thing I need to sorry. The first thing I need to happen is Bria, make me a wisdom perception check. Okay. You have disadvantage because of the hum of having all three I- of having three of the four items in their doors. So I am I'm doing disadvantage. Yes, you're doing disadvantage. <laughs> what was wow. that noise? <laughs> so bad. Oh. Um, so I crit on one of them. Okay. Um, and then it's uh, six. Okay. But so my you passive you is don't fourteen. You let Flick use his passive. Uh, yes. Okay. So you can do your passive minus five because you have disadvantage on the check. Nine. Still don't hear anything. <laughs> Okay, I don't Alright, so you don't hear anything this round. Uh, we will continue to make those checks. Uh, then, one of... So, there are... Uh, let's talk a little bit more specifically about what is in this room, uh, Bizdira. So the room is about a 50-foot square, and these, uh, these constructs are sort of strewn all over the place. Um, up against walls, lying down on the floor. So, uh, the, the first... So the various there are three main types of constructs. There's a there's a bunch more of these things in here, but as you take a quick look around, a lot of the ones that are clearly not combat oriented, like you see some of the flat top ones that transport that you've seen transport things around the around the temple and things like that. Those are not activating. The types that are activating there are basically four types. Uh, one of them, one of the types is though are a few more of those strange bronze worms, like the lightning worms. There are two of those in the room. Jesus. Then there is one that looks very much like a clockwork soldier uh, who's standing with a with a big who's standing with a big halberd, like a big long you know pole with a big blade at the end of it. Uh, so there are uh, three of those. You is it see two of the worms. The, two of the worms. Yep. You see four that look like uh, they don't have any sort of weapons on them, they, but they're definitely like humanoid in shape. 
uh, and those are strewn about the room in various places. And then you see one who, like, oddly seems to be wearing, like, a black cloak, and you don't immediately see any weapons on it, but you definitely get the feeling that they are uh, dangerous somehow. There's just a feeling of, of some malevolence, and that is, in fact, the first one to activate, and it takes a quick scan of the room uh, and begins to come for you. Great. Can I... Is it... It's it's no it's its turn. Sorry. Drink <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of my wine. What kind of wine is that? It's a it's a lovely California Chardonnay. Ooh, fantastic! All right, so this uh, clockwork assassin comes for you. It pulls a rapier from beneath its cloak and thrusts it towards you with a fourteen to hit. No, she nimbly right. rolls out of the way. Oh right, you're prone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's advantage. Oh, did that get advantage in? Prone. An attack roll against the creature has advantage if the creature, if the attacker is within five feet. Okay, so I get to roll again. Oh, okay, it's worse, so it does in fact miss you. <laughs> Great. All right, but it is clearly in a in a stance of uh, of readiness and is ready to to continue to attack you. Okay, then a few of the worms activate, uh, and one of them comes right for you. But the way that it uses to get to you seems sort of odd. It it almost looks like it's, well, it sort of looks like it's doing viewpoints for any of you actors out there. Uh, It only turns at right angles as it tries to approach you. Like, you're sort of in, like, it could very easily get to you, sort of on a diagonal, but instead it, like, goes a distance one way and then turns 90 degrees and goes a distance another way. It's a little weird to look at, and if it wasn't such an unfortunate situation for you, it would probably be funny. Anyway, so this one comes over to you and tries to bite you with a 22 to hit. That'll hit. Right, so it bites into you, and, and you're ready for it because you recall that their bite uh, also gives you a shock. So you take six piercing damage and three lightning damage as it bites into you. Right. The other one, uh, you know what? The other one is also going to come over and try to bite you, but that is only a fourteen to hit you. Great, even uh, with advantage. So that misses as well. Uh, oh Lord, have mercy! You're all your initiatives were so bad. So now the the ones that don't have uh, any weapon at all activate. And they are going to do something. For those of you at home, uh, I'm stressed. (laughs) So these four uh, come over to you, and they stay sort of behind the assassin and the two worms, because their pole arms, their halberds, have long reach. So actually, from ten feet away from you, uh, they attack uh, quite rapidly. Uh, So one of them just attacks normally. Now, they are not within five feet of you, which means, actually, that their attack rolls have disadvantage. Uh, Even though they're melee attacks, they are within ten feet of you, not five, and you are prone, so they have disadvantage. So um, all four of them, like, they begin to almost smoke at their joints because they just rapid succession thrust these halberds at you, and each one of the four attacks four times. So these are the clockwork soldiers? or the Oh, humans? I'm sorry. These are No, these are supposed to be the servants, not the soldiers. Okay. So all of that is not yet true. <laughs> It'll be true later say, in the round. The soldiers have the halberds, right? Correct, yeah. And there's only three of them, not four. There are only three of them, not you four. You are not right. killing the me servants. this round. <laughs> the servants come up to you, uh, and they just get right next to you and try and slam into you. Uh, so they will have advantage, but there's only three of them, and they only do one attack each. The first one is an 18 to hit. Yeah. The second is a 23 to hit, and the third one is a 12 to hit, so that one does not hit. So I'm like a ping pong ball, boom, boom, and then the last one just misses. Just misses, exactly. So they slam into you several times and do a total of nine points of bludgeoning damage. All right, so it's not looking good. Currently, Vizdira has six different constructs surrounding her and attacking her. 
Flick, I need you to make me a wisdom perception check with disadvantage. Oh, no. I'm taking the one that rolled off onto the floor. You're going to re-roll that one, right? No, I want it. <sighs> okay. Do you want me to re-roll it seriously? No, I'm going to be nice. That's fine. That is a 14. <laughs> with disadvantage, right? Yeah. Uh, the one on the t- and that's taking the one from the table. Oh, that's taking the one from the table. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah. So that is ch- you. Yeah, no, you don't hear anything. Remember, it's what? very loud out, and you're on the side with the closed door into the into the uh, into the into the walnut room. Is what I was about to say. Into the <laughs> robot room. <laughs> Room. We're, renaming it, we're renaming just, it the walnut just to room. Look, just to look beneath the, uh, the, sh- the, sh- the screen, behind the screen, beneath the sheets, whatever, a little bit. Um, each of you has a slightly different DC. Uh, Bria's is the hardest because she's farthest away. Flick is the next most difficult because you're closer, but the door between you and Vizier is closed. And Kits is the lowest because you're closer and the door is open on your side. And I was paying attention. And you were paying attention. So unfortunately, Flick does not hear anything. Vizdira, you are up. You did an excellent job at getting us off of that walnut topic, by the way. <laughs> um, about how far did I make it away from the door? The I think you made it, like, door. halfway around the room, so I'll say you made it, like, 30 feet from the door. Okay, so I am going to use a key point Okay. to disengage. Okay, great. And I'm going to run All right. to the, the wall and continue trying to put the heart in. So, it takes half your move to stand up. So your move is now, what, 40 at this point, or 35? 40. 40, okay, so 20 feet to stand up. You can move 20 feet. You use your bonus action to disengage, so you'll have to use your action to dash to get the remaining 10 feet, yes? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, alright, so you're there and you are ready to put that thing in the door. First, excuse me, first thing on your next turn. Excellent. Kit, Make me a wisdom perception check with disadvantage. With disadvantage? Yes. It's still noisy out there. Your DC is just lower. Would she see the red light coming through the open door? That's that's also part of the check and part of why the DC is lower. because she. <laughs> well, I rolled two 17s, so adjusted, that's a 20. Holy shit, you hear Boom. the alarm, you see the flashing lights, and you're like, oh, fuck. Um, I... I don't know what is so I funny. Don't know. Great, carry nothing, on, kid. Nothing is funny. Um, okay, great. I hear the alarm. I want to take the guts out. I'm going to bring them into the room with me, and then I want to run to to Bizdira. Excellent. Okay, so the humming decreases, which I'm going to say is a bit of a is a bit of an alert to Bizdira, uh, to Bria and Flick. So next round, even though it's still pretty loud, you all will roll your perception checks normally. Great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, Kit, you take it out of the wall, you run over to the door, you see a not-great sight. Yes, I see a sight that stresses me out deeply. Yes, Um, I need to real quick look at the map, because how far is it from your door to her door? It is, oh, it's a ways, so I think you'll have to, you can, you can bonus, you can action dash, but it looks like it's uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 feet to her door. I don't Great. know if this is on your map that I sent you, but each of those squares is 10 feet. <laughs> it, it doesn't say, but that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. So I have to use my action to dash if I want to get there? Yeah. Okay. I I think that I probably want to do that. <laughs> yes, I think that you probably do. Okay. So you dash over and you see this unfortunate sight and let out a little yelp. 
and prepare yourself. A loud yelp. A loud yelp to prepare yourself (laughs) to enter the fray. Alright, now the four soldiers activate, or the three soldiers activate and come over to Bizdira by the door, and each one of them has four attacks, and they are all, uh, they don't have advantage anymore, or disadvantage, because you've gotten up, uh, so they are all going to attack you rapidly. The first one, the first one, the four times each, yes, so there's a 22 to hit. Yes. A 17 to hit, and then a 13 and a 5, so those don't hit, so that's two hits. Two hits. Uh, there is a 20 and two 18s. Yeah, that's So that's five, five hits. The other one's a natural one. And the fourth one is not as good. That is a 21. Does a 16 hit you? Yes. Okay, so that's seven hits altogether. Okay, so it's plus 14. Not each total, to be clear. So that's 60 points of damage. <gasps> Jesus Christ! Altogether. Okay, so here's... Here's the thing where we need to figure out. Um, oh dear! I my max is thirty-eight. And what are you at currently? Eighteen. Eighteen plus thirty-eight is fifty-six. So you kill me outright. I do. Holy shit! Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, or I guess actually in this case maybe enjoy isn't the right word. If you're engrossed by the episode so far, it would be delightful if you could pop on over to iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you get our podcasts from and leave us a rating and a review. We'll always read five-star reviews on the air as soon as we're able, and the more of those we get, the more visible the show becomes and the more people will get to listen. It doesn't have to take more than a few seconds, and it really does help us out a ton. We don't have a new review this week to share, but be sure to stick around to the bitter end to hear this week's blooper. We also want to remind everyone that we have a Patreon page. You can go to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge, pledge as little as $1 a month, and get access to all kinds of cool patron perks, like access to the player's character sheets, bonus content, early access to one episode a month, and all kinds of other fun stuff. Right now, I want to take a minute to recognize some of our awesome patrons and thank them for their support. Thank you so much to our Shimmerscale tribe leaders, Los Vargases, Eliyahu of Merc Grove, and Sir Mox the Magnificent. If you want to get shoutouts on the show, hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron. We want to thank BattleBards for providing a lot of the fantastic music you hear on our show, and D&D Beyond for being generally amazing in every way possible. Check out both of those services at BattleBards.com and DNDBeyond.com. And if you decide to use either of them, tweet at them and tag us with at DNDLastRefuge to let them know we sent you. Finally, some non-Last Refuge announcements. Next week is my interview with Greg Tito and Shelley Mazenoble on Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I am super excited to get to share info about the Last Refuge on the show. And it would be awesome if we had some fans in the chat during the live interview for support, moral support and cheering me on. The live stream is going to be next Friday, April 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash dnd. My interview will actually start probably around 4 p.m. Eastern, but Greg and Shelley do a really great show every week, so you should tune in for the whole thing if you're able. Uh, more info and links you can be found on our website. And if you can't be there to watch the live interview, it'll come out in podcast form a few weeks later, so stay tuned for that. 
Next up, as some of you might have seen on Twitter recently, I have another exciting announcement about an appearance that I'm going to be making. I have been invited to attend D&D Live 2019 The Descent in Los Angeles next month. Uh, I'm going to be representing The Last Refuge at the launch event for Wizards of the Coast Fall Storyline. I'm still in complete shock and disbelief that I was invited, uh, but I am so psyched to fly out to LA, hang out with some amazing streamers and podcasters all weekend, and spread the good news about The Last Refuge uh, while we announce what's coming up next from Wizards of the Coast. The event itself is going to be held from May 17th to 19th. It's a Friday through a Sunday. Uh, But beyond that, I don't yet have a ton of details about the scheduling of where and when and how you'll be able to watch uh, and or listen to my game. Uh, Just stay tuned to us here and on Twitter, and as soon as I have more info, I'll pass it along to you. Last but most certainly not least, we want to give a quick happy birthday shout-out to Taryn, who plays Bria. Her birthday was actually a few days ago now, but this is the first episode we've released since then. So happy birthday, Taryn. We are very glad that you were born. Okay, I think that's enough chatting for this week. Let's get back to the episode. Thanks for listening, and happy gaming, y'all. So, Kit gets to the door. Oh my god. And she sees Bizdira against the wall with the heart, trying to get it in. And she sees four soldiers come up to her and just fucking stab the shit out of her and Bazdira just throws her arms back and her head back and screams and crumples to the ground. So Bazdira, I need you to do something for me. I need you obviously you don't have any death saves uh, but I do need you oops, I do need you to keep track of rounds from this point forward. Just count how many rounds we go forward. Okay. Okay? Alright. <laughs> All right, Kit ran to the door when, as soon as she saw the alarm and she watched Bizdira get pinned to the big door by three clockwork soldiers that rapid fire stabbed her with halberds, Bizdira screamed and crumpled to the floor, and as far as Kit can tell, she is no longer living. Bria, it is your turn. The hum of the from putting the objects in the doors has lessened somewhat because Kit took hers out, which, as we said, is a bit of a heads up that something's going on. So you can go ahead and make another wisdom perception check. This time, uh, normally, you do not have disadvantage on it. That's an 18. Okay, so an 18. Bria, you hear uh, the, the hum lessens, which already perks your ears up, and you hear that something is obviously wrong. You hear the klaxon in the distance coming from the north end of the temple. You can take your turn. I am going to... And I couldn't hear Kit do any... Like, I can't I can't tell that it came from Kit, right? Uh, no. I mean, you can hear that the alarm is coming from the north end of the of the temple, and you know what Bazir was going to do. So, I mean, it's not too big of a cognitive leap to understand that she got caught. I was just trying to figure out if I could go in Flick's direction, but I think I would absolutely go towards where Kit and Bazira went. Um, so I... I'll take the brain out, and I will start to run towards the room. Okay, so you've got essentially 220 feet to get there, but you can action bonus action dash, so you can move 90 feet around. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm definitely running there for sure. Okay, absolutely. Okay, so you take off, you make it 90 feet, you've got another 130 feet to go uh, before you can get to the door. Okay. All right, so that's, uh, that is Bria. He is now Kit. You're standing still outside the door, and uh-huh. you see you see a, a moments after Bizdira slumps to the ground uh, with the with the uh, heart falling out of her hand to the floor. 
the all of the uh, clockworks, all of the constructs in the room uh, begin to power down. Oh, all of them? There's yes, the uh, oh, but the they'll red start up light again when I enter, of course. The, the yeah. red the red light has like spread over across the room, and once Bree is down, they all just where they're standing, they all begin to power down. This dear. Uh, so it okay. is Flick's turn. Flick, I need you to make me a perception check without disadvantage, just normally. That's a twenty-one. Alright, so you also hear the alarm, and then you do hear it cut off pretty quickly, but you do hear the alarm uh, momentarily coming from the north. Um, Does he also hear that it gets quieter twice? uh, Oh, yes, you should have had advantage on that check because you heard the hum reduced uh, again, yet a second time. I mean, you heard it, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, I was about to say, it was just as good. Um, Okay, um, I'm immediately going to take the heart out. Okay. And I'm You're actually going to take gonna... the boots out, but okay. Boots, sorry. Not, I thought, uh, yeah, the, right. And I'm stressed. I'm so stressed. Um, uh, I have two choices. Do we, rem- do I remember if the door to the original door to the robot room that we, that they're all going through was locked? Uh, was locked originally? Make me a history, intelligence history check. A 15. Uh, you remember that it was locked and that Bria unlocked it, yes. All right, I'm going to start dashing that way. I can't okay. risk it being locked to the north of me. It's going to be really fun when Gabrielle sends that uh, elusive fourth daughter into the last refuge. So, uh, yeah. So, Flick, you've got much further to go. Uh, you have about 420 feet to go, and you can make it uh, You can make it 60 feet in a round. So you're going to uh, action dash and make it 60 feet this round. So just keep track. You've got 420 total. You have made it 60 so far. Bria, you had 220 total and you've made it 90 so far. Bizdira, this is one round to keep track of. Kit, you are up. Okay, I have a very fast panic attack and then I leap into action. Um, I'm assuming that I paid attention to Bizdira when she did her little walk in, set off the thing, walk back trick. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, because you could see her from your door, so absolutely. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do that same trick. Okay. Uh, As soon as the light comes past me, I am going to wild shape, bonus action, into a war horse. Okay. Um, Gotta get that 60 foot speed. Yes, to all of this. (laughs) Um, And as soon as I can, I'm going to run behind the alarm to Bizdira, I'm going to pick her up in my mouth, and I'm going to run back out the door. Oh my I god! Am, I am trying to get to Flick as quickly as I possibly can. A hundred percent. Okay, so, uh, you make that, and you step in, you know, just stamping in the light, uh, just totally calmly. The cylinder rises out, the green light starts, it goes around. Go ahead and make me a dexterity check. Uh, uh. A ten. That is that is enough. Just enough, okay. but it is enough because all you really you just we just want to make sure that you time it right, right? That you don't jump the gun is really what I'm using that check for. So you, uh, as soon as the thing is passed, almost too early, but not quite. You get in right behind it. You head over to Bizdira. Now she is how far from the door? I know you were just counting this. Uh, it looks like forty-five feet. Okay, so you can still dash though because you haven't used your action yet. So yeah. forty-five feet, which means a total of ninety, which means you can, in theory grab her and drag her out, yeah? Yeah, and that's what I'm doing. And okay. I don't want to leave the heart there, but she is more important than the heart. Sure. Oh. Aww. <laughs> that's a... That feels, like, poetic somehow. Anyway, uh, you go in, uh, you get 120 feet of movement. We'll take five off of that for your little dance in and out. 
Uh, so you've okay. got 115. It was 90 to get back and forth, which means that you've got 25 remaining to head south. Yeah, yeah. to head towards everybody else. Okay, so Bria and Flick, uh, your total distance that you need to travel at this point is now only a, is 195 feet. Or for Flick, 395 feet. I know this is kind of confusing and not super great for to listen to because it's so many fiddly numbers, but this is important and I think our listeners understand, particularly if they know what kind of magic a fifth level cleric can wield. So, <laughs> oh God, uh, if I were listening to this, I would have by now literally already paused the episode and done the math to see if Flick was going to make it in time. But anyway, moving on, that was Kit. We're at the top of the next round. Bria, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to... I can't see Kit yet, right? Correct. Okay, so I'm going to keep dashing towards okay. the room. So you dash, you get into that hallway, you see a horse, which you very quickly realize is Kit, dragging Bizdira out of the room, and you can make it another 90 feet, which means you are only 15 feet away at this point from Bizdira, who is dragging a extremely bloody, uh, extremely pale Bizdira in her mouth. Um, uh, I, I, I guess I'm gonna try to I don't know how I could possibly help her go any faster. Um, uh, is there anything I can do to make it faster for her to move faster? I or, uh, not that I can think of. Um, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna start running back towards where Flick is, just screaming okay. Flick's name. Okay, absolutely. Uh, Flick, you make it another sixty feet. Uh, so you've got a ways to go, and you're not. I mean, you may hear. At this point, Bria, uh, you're running anyway, so I think you, you might maybe hear someone yelling. You probably at this point can't make out exactly what they're yelling. Okay. You're, you're getting there. 60 more feet headed that direction. Kit, I assume I'm you are running, also running. I'm dashing. All right. So <laughs> you are going to run. The only thing I want to check is, so you're going to run down. My only question here is, when you get to that pit trap room, you're a warhorse is a large creature, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm just gonna want you to make me some acrobatics checks to get through the pit room, unless you want to tell me how exactly you're gonna navigate it, because you'll still be able to see where they are, but they're riddling the floor, right? And you're a pretty big creature. Sometimes the gaps in between them were just large enough for your normal size to pass through. So obviously you'll be able to jump over them fine. Uh, but just go ahead and make me a dexterity acrobatics check to make sure that that all goes well. Uh, sure. She can't fly it as oh, a Oh, no, I can. Oh, oh, I can. Oh, right. Obviously, that's what I'm going to do. Thank you for that reminder. Yes. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to But that takes your, that takes your action, right? I'm going to sprout some wings. I'm going to go. That takes your action, right? Uh, yeah, so I that's, guess. So no dash this round. So, so only no, 60 yeah. feet, not 120, but that's okay. Uh, so Flick, take another 60 feet off of how far you need to go. Got it. Thank you. Uh, okay, and so you just, you run, you get to, I think at this, since you didn't get the full 120, you won't make it into the pit trap room, but you're very close to it, uh, and you just begin to hover ever so slightly off the floor so that you can sort of, quote-unquote, run, right, fly just over yeah. top of the, over top of the pits. Uh, okay, so that was Kit. We're back to the top of the round again with Bria, who is running in Flick's direction. Now, Flick, how far have you gotten? 120 feet. Is uh, I have 215 feet to go. Okay, so you can definitely hear... Uh, Bri, are you doing anything other than running and yelling uh, yelling Flick's name? I don't think so. I, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you you, cut, you two can't quite see each other yet, but you're, you're pretty close. And Flick, you now have no problem hearing that Bria is frantically screaming your name. Okay, uh, he he's getting... He's, he's going to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us are yes. crying. Uh, yes. So... 
Glick, it is your turn now. So you make it another 60 feet. You get into view of Bria, I think, at this point, is uh, what I imagine, based on how far she's gone and how quickly you're moving. So you can see Bria. Uh, you cannot yet see Vizira or Kit. Okay. Anything I should know about this round? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Uh, we then move down to Kit again, who this turn can dash. So you're going to move 120 feet. Uh, Flick, how far away does that put her from you? 35 feet. Okay, so, and that hallway is that long, so you see, basically, uh, Flick, you are at the at the far western end of that entry hallway where the bear traps are, and you see a flying horse uh, with Bizdira in her mouth uh, at the far end of that corridor. Kit, anything I should know about your turn? No, I'm going to Flick. Okay, Bria, it's your turn. You're all basically in the same hallway at this point. Anything you're doing? No, just the same, I guess, getting out of everybody's way and crying. Well, well, I'm 35 feet away from her. My move is 30 feet. I just need somebody to get her that extra five feet so that I can take my... So that I can use the spell. Oh, I guess, can I take her with that and that, right? Can I just... Uh... Yeah, so I think you could run. You're gonna have to sort of backtrack a little because you got went. You got ahead of Kit, mm-hmm. so you can backtrack and grab Bizdira and move for forward. Uh, we'll say ten feet, uh, just enough so that Flick can get to her. Perfect. Let's do that. Yeah, just bring okay. her. I'm gonna yell, "Bring her to me!" Like, get her over here. Absolutely. So, Flick, she is within twenty-five feet. Bria has just dragged her just to the other side of the bear traps, and she's lying. And you all have fallen unconscious before, but this is. This is different. She is pale. There is there's blood all over her robes, but it doesn't seem to be coming out of her anymore. And she is pale. You don't see her chest rising and falling with breaths. She's just lying on the floor on the other side of the bear traps. So he's going to run up to her. He's going to immediately nail, uh, kneel down. He is going to throw the construct over to the side. And he's going to immediately kind of, um, his hands are shaking and he's going to kind of like, he's going to remove her mask and, and try and like, and trying to assess and just make sure that, you know, he's correct in her state and he's going to muster up all of the energy he can. And he's going to cast revivify as he's touching her forehead. So this is very different for you. You've never cast this spell before and you are aware that Denier has given you this power, but you've never tested it before. And so as you do with all of your spells, which we don't talk a ton about, but this is a new one and a very powerful one, you fall into meditation and prayer and you call out for the power of Denier, for Denier to grant you the power to find your friend's soul, which has recently left her body, and to call it back. And you feel yourself suffuse this incredible power and light and you reach out into a place that your mind can't fully comprehend and you you hear whispers you feel brushes against your mental form against your spirit and you latch on to what you have no doubt is the spirit of your adopted sister Bizdira uh, who feels lost and angry and confused and probably a little frightened but you find her and you take a hold of her and you bring this spirit back and you slowly open your eyes uh, as the spell takes effect the other two of you 
Kit and Bria, you see Flick's body begin to glow. Usually when he casts spells, there's definitely an obvious power that he's channeling, but this is different. Uh, His entire being begins to glow with a soft light, and you can see a sort of pulse of it travel down his body from his heart, down to his hand, and into Bizdir's forehead. And for a brief, terrible moment, the light enters Bizdira and then dies. Flick winks out, as does the light that he passed to Bizdira, and nothing happens for a brief moment. And then, very suddenly, Bizdira gasps and opens her eyes. So that is where we're going to leave it this week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Come back next week. Oh, I'm shaking a little bit, and and I had done some math, and I knew it was going to happen, but still. Anyway, uh... Be sure to listen next week to find out uh, how the party moves forward from one of them dying, being revivified, but dying. You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at, at DND Last Refuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. If you've got more than 280 characters to say to us, you can also email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, find out what cons we're going to be attending, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Huff, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... This dear... Kid! Bria! And Flick... Happy gaming, y'all. No llores por mi ultima refugio. Beautiful. Mi alma está contigo. Anyway.